episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so happy to share that this episode is sponsored by our friends over at Daft Boy. Daft Boy is an LGBTQ plus owned and operated startup based in San Francisco, committed to creating high quality and unique fans, accessories, and gear perfect for any occasion. Listeners of Block Talk can earn 15% off their purchase at daftboy.com with the code BLOCKTALK15. That's BLOCKTALK15 at daftboy.com. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Five straight bros walk into the workroom. Obviously, they're going to get a makeover, but one dude bro got the full drag experience. A moment of silence for his brows. It's time to talk all things Drag Race Varia, and joining me is someone who I would murder before I let them shave my brows. OG Fag, how are you? Hello, I'm good. I, we're going to get into it, but wow, the brows. I just, I cannot. <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast before, we know my stance on shaving brows and drag, just in general. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, it's like such a daring, bold thing. I mean, I've also never done it. I've sometimes felt the urge, but I haven't been able to convince myself. So what an episode. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it. And um, exactly. Friends, pronunciations, I apologize. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying as hard as I can. Phonetically, it's not the same. Our languages clash, but on the references... <laughs> Thank you for the listeners. I'm just going to say that. Some people DM me and, and give me information I'm like, oh, thank God for you. Um, again, please slide in my DMs. Be my teacher. Google is only as good as they are. Um, also, speaking of, one of our amazing listeners sent me a video of the sign language version of Drag Race Feria. And to my oh. knowledge, I don't think any other international iteration has this. This was so fucking cool to see. World of Wonder, get on it. Put more visibility for sign language on Drag Race. Yeah, that's incredible. It was really, really cool. All right, let's begin. As always, I must leave this disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We discuss reality digital characters. We discuss reality television. We are shown on the anyone television wants to see. We react to it. We're sending you real putting on television shows. They also can tell some possess and discuss what it's in the podcast for entertainment shows. Reality television show. This episode was the campiest thing ever because Antonina Nutshell got to do a makeover. Yes. And it was like the makeover that I think made sense with my, you know, fantasy of what she would do in a makeover challenge straight up. If I were her knowing that I was not going to be able to actually accomplish this challenge, I would have said, can we do a redo and send Santana back in and I'll just go. (laughs) You know what? It's been real. Thanks for the second chance, but I'm going to go. Wild. Well, man, oh man, Santana is out and she is mad that mirror message was berserk. Fontana is happy to be there. She's proud of herself. And the queens are in shock as Antonina was sure she and Fontana would be lip syncing. The queen of the season, Admirer Thunder Brosi, has declared that it is messed up. She says if Santana hadn't fucked up with her look, she'd still be there. We're going to watch Fontana um, wipe up that mirror message. 
how long do you think it took? And do you think production tapped in halfway through? Yeah, I always think that about around certain mirror messages because they can just be so long. And I mean, that one was a, such a production. I would imagine they probably let Fontana do it for about five, maybe 10 minutes. And then we're like, okay, we have the footage. <laughs> a whole cleaning crew in there. It was the full mirror. It was that, the full mirror. It was, was the really full something. mirror. Um, that was an entire thing of lipstick. Yeah, it really was. I was like, okay, someone was feeling very pressed about their elimination. <laughs> yeah, now, I know colloquialisms and phrases don't always translate, but Fontana will say that this put a fire in her ass. I think when that happens, you should call a doctor. The phrase is a fire under your ass. Wild how language works, isn't it? Yeah, I'm like, that's very different. The one, like, And the thing is, she said it in English, too. Well, right. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, the kicker is that she said it in English. And it's like you were saying, maybe if it's in, get some penicillin. You need treatment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The girls discuss how they are at the point where every little detail is getting scrutinized. Antonina is happy to still be there, but does not want to bottom again. I mean, be in the bottom again. Sorry. Uh, I need to do some research. But has there ever been a queen who has statistically had a worse track record and lasted this long? Like she is breaking the mold of possibility. Be a personality and you will go far. Yeah, because I was like, I was trying to think back and I'm pretty sure last week was the only week where she has been in the competition that she has not been in the bottom. Yes. So I'm like how i mean the what a miracle that she was able to be there like crazy well antonina has promised us enough with the jokes it's time for serious glamorous joke drag um um i thought you i, I thought you said you were done with the jokes oh, right exactly that was my immediate reaction too i was like uh is that ever the drag that you serve like i don't think so now is the time for admirer to admire another portrait on the wall of herself um, okay, who is the intern who put these photos up because you forgot to straighten the frames? Yeah, it's the wall idea is so cute, but there's just something about it that looks a little bit like rough and ready. And I'm like, Big Brother America, we have a wall that's all digital. Just do a digital wall. That's fine. Yeah, like why didn't they think of that? <laughs> that feels like such an obvious solution. Now, the girls do not want to applaud Admira anymore. They did it last week. Time to get out of drag. Vanity reminds us that two big competitors are out back to back. It has to be 100% all the time. I kind of love it that like we lost them. Like I don't love that we lost them, but at the same time, like as a viewer, it's juicy. Yeah, I mean, it is. And I think especially because of the way that this season's unfolded with Antonina returning, like to see her return and then have two really strong people fall out before she gets like essentially re-eliminated like that is just, you know, very unique. Yeah. It's time to march on in and pay homage to Santana. What does marching have to do anything with Santana? Don't know. Beats me. Well, it's a top five and I have to point out once again, and Myra, where did you get that teal shirt and pant matching set with the tie? I want it. I need to just get her on the podcast simply to guide me through the admirer shopping extravaganza. Yeah, I think so, because I was thinking very similar. It's like the whole monochromatic thing that she does and the outfits when she's coming into the workroom, like just so on point all the time. I'm like, I would say, does she have a sugar daddy? But I think she is her own sugar daddy. 
I think so. I feel like she must be, but yeah, like we need the right from her, that Intel, we need that. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's no time for table talk. The alarm sound the Fox's message is the most theatrical we've seen in a while. Time for a sister, but we'll get to it. In another plot twist, Fox does not walk through the doors. It's the man with the laugh, Baro Grote. Let's talk conspiracies. Where was Fox sick filming? Faro wanted a chance to host and be honest. He was actually pretty good. Believable? Not a chance, but pretty good at hosting. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought he brought a little bit different energy, switch it up a little bit, you know, yeah. why not? He tells them they're about to go clubbing back to the 90s. They are paying homage to Le Click, who topped the charts in the U.S. Now, I was like, that name doesn't Le Click with me. It doesn't sound familiar. Let me dive into the world of Wikipedia. Well, Le Click had a few U.S. hits. One was a song called Call Me. I didn't know that one. But then I found the song Tonight is the Night. And I was like, oh, my God, I know that song. You know the song. It's a big 90s like dance club song. And guess really? what? The connections to this song go even further. Because do you know who was part of the click? Kyle. Yes, Judge Kyle. Mind blown. Look at what a little research will do to you. Oh my gosh, how very like Michelle Visage. Crazy. Um, but the thing is, Kyle actually had a hit. Michelle Visage did not. <laughs> track nine of the Bodyguard soundtrack? No, what? no, not, not a, a hit, not a hit, not a hit. <laughs> not uh, tonight a is hit. the night. Like, I know it. Like, that was part of the 90s. That probably would be in like volume two of Best of the 90s. I mean, that's iconic then. Yeah. Um, so for this week's mini challenge, there is an after party with the star of the band, Kayo, attending. They have to get backstage, but get through the bouncer first. Everything goes. They have to use their imagination, and whoever's most resourceful will gain access and have a big advantage in the maxi challenge. It's time to get into quick drag. Antonina loves making up characters. She's ready for this. Fontana hasn't been clubbing in ages. I mean, Zame says. <laughs> Electra will try to the approach of being a moron trying to get into a club. And I was like, Welcome to New York. We <laughs> All right. So the Kayo after party. This mini challenge may look familiar to some fans of Drag Race as we will see the queens in front of a stage door talking to a voice. We saw this challenge in season 11 with the Seduce Your Way into the Seduction concert. This was the episode where my lover, Choice Savon, was one of the guest judges and also featured the infamous six-person lip sync. Oh, Rest I did piece not. Davenport. Yes, yeah. this was the mini challenge. Okay, yeah, because I was like, of course I recognized it. And I was like, wow, this is such a strange of all the mini challenges to bring back. This one feels so good. I loved it. Okay, yeah, I was like, wow. But I did not remember that it was that specific episode. I had to do research, of course, because we're at the point now, friends, you cannot ask me to pull out any random uh, Drag Race facts. It's, I can't do it. I <laughs> there's just, too there's many too much them. in there. <laughs> Um, literally like at DragCon UK, like I'm about to go to a queen and interview them. I'm like, okay, Rolodex, what can I fucking remember about their season or them specifically? It's, it's all right, right. Um, yeah. Do you know how many looks we've had in the three seasons of Drag Race that have already aired in 2023 already? I literally couldn't even imagine. Almost 250 runways. Yeah, that is completely not insane. even including entrance looks or promo looks. Right, exactly. Yeah, that is such an excessive amount. <laughs> wow. 
All right. First up is Electra, who is playing a chick named Annalie Christensen, and she is a mess. She is Kyle's biggest fan and has a restraining order against her. She's a psychopath, and Electra is very good with character improvisation. Very unhinged, very perfect for this challenge. Yeah, I really enjoyed in particular when Electra said the thing around the restraining order actually isn't in effect because it's a public place. <laughs> like right. that comment really took me out. <laughs> very, very funny. Next, we have Antonina, who is allegedly doing a Vomland dialect. That's what the caption said. Her character is a greaser who wants to be a disco queen and wants to and wants tips from Kayo. She asks what a list is as she usually just knocks on the door to be let in. Nichen, um, the character she is playing, has a tramp stamp, which I actually think is Antonina's. <laughs> Probably. But good for her being so free with her body in that look. I bet she had nothing else to wear. Yeah, I mean, like we've said in episodes before, especially coming back, I feel like the wardrobe had to be pretty thin, so she made the best of it. But I will also say I, I appreciate that you mentioned the thing about her body and being so bold because... I do think that that's one of the great things about her in general. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Like, I really always appreciate that she brings that energy. Whether it's intentional or not, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's time for Admira, who is that bitch. She is decked out in green and decided green lipstick was a good idea. Never do it again. Uh, she has a very nasal voice and Fifi is from Mariupol. Um, and likes to whip her hair back and forth. We learn that Fifi is the quintessential party girl who has been clubbing for over 30 years. Ah, uh, she old. She's down with the gays and ready to party. Would we let her in? Hard pass. I mean, listen, it was doing it for me. I was like, when she said down with the gays and ready to party, I was like, let her in. I feel like we've all seen that person in the club. So I was like, I know that girl. We have Fontana. Who was dressed up as a cow. I literally have no idea what is going on in her brain, mostly because why did she have this cow look with her? Um, she goes by the name Kaolina Slutmilk. And I ask, who's taking that drag name? It's out there now for y'all. Um, she says she's Kyle's best friend and is delivering milk from the milk slut fountain direct from the factory. I don't know. Like her choice of doing a cow was so off the wall and strange, but also I was like relatable because that would probably be what I would do. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Here's here here here's what I want to say. Uh, Swedish listeners, I apologize for this, this this reference. Fontana was giving you Manhattan drag as she thinks Brooklyn drag is. Yes, I appreciate that because I was also just very like. Yeah, like a cow, because I mean, I previously, I have dressed as a cow in drag. It was like for a Halloween party one year, um, I went as mad cow. So I, like, paint, I painted myself green. I was like walking around with a bag of jerky, you know, handing out the beef jerky, all of that. So I was like, the cow resonates with me. So I really appreciated, again, like the totally bold off the wall approach. But it also did raise a question for me. Where do the queens keep getting milk from? Where is it coming from? <laughs> they they must. I mean, all sh uh, the shows in America, obviously, they have craft services, and like a show like this will probably have a pretty good craft service. I don't know what the kind of situation is in uh, Sweden. I do know that in the UK, they do not have craft services at all. Like literally, their craft service table is a pot of tea <laughs> and a crumpet. Um, so that's why there's so many British people who love doing American uh, film and television because they get pampered 
Yeah. But yeah, I, I was just like the fact that Admira had milk on the runway for the old person look. And then now Fontana's got the milk. I'm like, who's the supplier? We, this is one of the biggest mysteries of the season. And I feel Let's, like we need someone, to if you know, let us know. And finally, it's time for Vanity, who is having a hen party, a.k.a. a bachelorette party. Vivi Vivica, as a bride-to-be on the town with her girls. Isn't Vivi the name she used last week? Yeah, I think so. Is this the same multiverse? Probably. I feel like she's probably a little bit limited in her uh, multiverse ability, so... Vivi was very annoying. Her fiance's name is Mats. We learned that Mats is in there making out with Christian Lindver. Uh, very funny twist. I thought um, Faro did a very good job with the improv there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very funny. Well, Faro says that most of them did a great job, but one did better than the rest. The winner of the challenge is Electra. Do you agree? So I really did not agree. I personally thought that it maybe should have been Fontana just because... I mean, relatable, but also it was just so outrageous that I was like, how could it not be? And then I actually kind of resonated a little bit more too with what Admira did. So I think Electra was probably about third, but I do recognize that Electra did a good job. She made me laugh, so I can't be mad. It is time to learn about the Maxi Challenge. Faro says that all of them are great at putting on makeup. And I can't believe he said that with a straight face with Antonina standing the COVID six feet away from him. The in this acting, challenge, the acting. the acting, in this challenge, they will see just how good they are at putting makeup on others. It's time for a makeover challenge, babies. The setup for the rest of the episode is this next confessional from Antonina, who has admitted she can't put makeup on other people. Mm-hmm. She has tried over and over again with her boyfriend and friends. They do not want to go out after they see themselves in the mirror. Listen. This show has fooled us. And I thought this was one of those fake out moments and we might see Antonina slay. No, the truth was out in the open. It really was. And I think that's what it was. Like you were referencing, we've seen some twists this season and all of that, but it was just so much of a red flag immediately when they had Antonina straight up saying, I do not do other people's makeup. And when I try, it's horrible. Yeah. Well, Faro says it smells like testosterone, so let's bring on the men. It's MMA fighter Simon Scold and his macho gang of guys. Would you have been hot and bothered by these men walking in like Admira was? I think so. Some, not all of them, but there were definitely a few that I was like, all right. There was like one that was cute. The rest, as we all know, not my type. (laughs) Well, I'm like, maybe we're going to relate here because I was like, one of the ones in particular that I was like, oh, all right, um, the chiropractor, the blonde. Uh-huh, he was very cute, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was very into him. Um, Fontana's partner, too, very cute. So, yeah, he was cute until Fontana ruined him. <laughs> Rest in peace. Oh, all right. Well, Faro says they that dressing them in full drag is they're going to have to create dream sisters and must have a sisterly resemblance. Now, this is important fact again, friends. In Belgium, they specifically were told they had to do mother daughter. Here, it's sisters. In America, it's just family resemblance. Would you prefer a stricter family challenge like in Sweden or Belgium, or would you be open and prefer any relation like in America? 
I think that I would prefer to have a more specific direction if it was mother-daughter, you know, because I feel like even sisters, that's basically just saying family resemblance to a certain extent, and that can be very open to interpretation. So I feel like having a little bit more of a narrow approach to it may help you feel as though you're able to wrap your head around it. And for those who watch Drag Race Belgique, uh, none of those girls were actually prepared for a mother-daughter makeover because they brought sister looks for everybody. Uh, So that was fun. (laughs) Electra gets the honors to pair the sisters. Should she be nice? Well, she says that she can see Vanity, Antonina, Fontana, and Myra in these guys, which is funny because I did too, and she did not put the pairs the way I thought they would go. But let's get to it. Mm -hmm. Fontana will be paired with Antony Yigit, who is a Swedish boxer. Admira will be paired with Robin Bengtsson, who is a Swedish singer who was part of Sweden Idol 2008 and Eurovision. Electra pairs Antonina with Robert Erfschel, who is, if Google is correct, a civilian man. Uh, The combo made zero sense as they look nothing alike. Electra is like they both have charisma, and I think Electra just wants her gone. And to round things out, Electra gives herself Simon's Gold, our MMA fighter, which leaves Vanity, Nicholas Anderson, who I can't find because that name is so generic. Um, it could have been a famous uh, former hockey player, but he's a lot older. Um, we will learn that he is, in fact, a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's been given him because Electra wants to know if he can be grouchy, which Vanity takes offense to. She does not like being called a sourpuss. No, she doesn't. And I feel like they bring it up both between the main episode and Untucked this week, like a few times. And every time Vanity's like, what are you talking about? It's like, girl, if that's your energy, just embrace it. Just be that bitch, you know? Anitra has. Exactly. Just run with it. Just roll with it. This is a hard question, I'm sure. Who would you have wanted to make over? And is this based on what would be best for you in drag or who you want to um, have um, the opportunity to talk? <laughs> I definitely, I mean, it's always got to be the, the tuck ability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I do feel like in terms of who I would want to, I would probably want someone that kind of resembled me. Um, so I feel like, I don't know, looking at um, just the, the array of them. I think I would have wanted to get Fontana's partner too. I mm-hmm. will say that I feel like in terms of the pairings, especially in just, I guess, silhouette, you would almost say in body type, they really probably matched up the best. So I feel yes. like, I feel like in a way Fontana had the easiest time, if that makes sense. Like, absolutely. Terms, yeah. And so I feel like that came across, but yeah, I guess, that would be my approach to, I would want someone that was maybe a little bit easier to just match since it is family resemblance. It's time for our sisters to get all sisterly and get to know one another. With Electris, Simon reveals he knows very little about drag. He thought the show was about actual car drag racing when the show reached out to him, which is funny because we had that same exact line on Drag Race Belgique earlier this year. Yeah, and when, when he said that, I was a little bit like, to what degree do you think that's true and do what degree do you think it was planted as like a funny line if someone said that on drag race us i would call bullshit on it because you cannot live in the world with 15 seasons of drag race at this point and not know what drag race is very true across the world it's a little different but not in america that 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 ship was sailed you can't be you know what drag race is yeah drag race drag queens are more important than drag race cars (laughs) yes a hundred percent now, 
like every iteration of the show, the queens are worried about the mustache and the beard. Simon is like, you can't have it. And Electra's like, ah, don't get attached to it. You can be any kind of drag queen you want, but bearded queens do exist. And that's just not me. We're going to have the same chat with Robin and then Myra. Um, I will say that man is beautiful. Those eyes were like crystal. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Robin says he is not comfortable without his beard. He has a gig the next day and would feel naked without it. One, this confirms that this episode is in fact shot in one singular day and any outfit changes are a fraud. Two, what is it with straight men who say they are uncomfortable without facial hair? Gay and queer people get ridiculed for being comfortable in our own skin. And yet when a straight man says, I want my beard, there's social pity parties. It makes sense for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I will say, I think it's about, I want to say it's about aesthetic and like how you look because I I don't know. I would say that I was like, oh, you are definitely more attractive with facial hair. <laughs> like his face looks so different once they shaved him. I was like, wow, that, yeah. you know, it's like someone's appearance can get so altered. And I don't know, you know, not to make excuses for it, but part of me feels like that might also be what it is. It's like seeing yourself look so different with and without facial hair. See, in my book, anytime that gets me to look even younger, I am here for it. Yeah, I guess that's a good point, too, though. Like, maybe it makes you look a little bit younger, and maybe that's not a bad thing. And Myra says she doesn't mind bearded ladies, but her sister is not in menopause. She's not that old. (laughs) She will tell him that it will help her to not have the beard and tells us that these men don't know what's coming, and she hasn't even pulled out the duct tape yet. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Antonina will ask Robert what kind of woman he wants to be. He says a strong woman, some personality, and some power. Antonina is thinking about the businesswoman special. She tells us that she has worked on Antonina Nutshell for eight years. How can she teach that in a couple of hours? Impossible. And she has to teach it to a four-foot-tall half-Greek with a hat with a wife and kids. I will say she does give good confessional. Oh, yeah. I mean, her and definitely Admira, I think, are like the confessional queens of the season. I It's one of those moments, too, where you feel like you almost want to live in that person's brain for a bit, because I'm like, where did Antonina come up with business sisters? <laughs> right. Where did that come from? Now, Admira thinks that Antonina has the toughest task and then switches in confessional and says, actually, Robert will have the toughest time. See, Admira, great at confessionals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We will now move over to Fontana and Anthony and quite possibly the reason that Fontana's victory was sealed. Anthony will tell Fontana that he comes from the boxing scene, which is very macho, so he's been very close-minded. He was anti a lot of things. As a kid, he wanted to impress the guys, so he was mean to his buddies and bullied people. Things like, if you can't hit, then you hit like a girl, like a homo. And like Fontana, Tara was going through my brain. Why are they bringing this person onto the show? We wouldn't associate with this person like that. Men like him are mean to us. He will continue to say regarding gay people, he always felt, why should there be a pride parade? Very much, why can't they just stay away and things of that nature? But this was changed when he met a buddy of his who has a mutual friend who was gay. He was thrown out by his parents. He was beaten, lived on the streets, had nowhere to go. All of this because he loved a man. This made him think that they're fighting this battle for a reason, not just for the hell of it. They really struggle, and it's something he can relate to. As he continues the story, the camera will just pan on to Fontana as she takes it all in. She's seeing a change in a human that most homophobic people on this planet are inept to do. 
she tells him that he uh, she understands that the key is it's all about love. And Anthony tells her that he wants to leave behind the person he was and grow to become someone better. He says it's constantly about learning. When he got this opportunity, he had no reason to turn it down. And I am here to say that this was one of the most authentic and most important conversations the Drag Race universe has ever had. These are the conversations that need to be amplified because people can change when they understand. Yeah, I mean, straight up, I was like, wow, I almost really appreciate that this man is basically saying I was a homophobe and pride should not exist. And I'm ready to reconcile with that. I mean, like, that's pretty remarkable. Because watching it the first time around, it's like, what? where are we going with this? What? What is happening? Yes. But just the way he spoke about it so eloquently, sure, maybe he knew he wanted to have this conversation. Maybe the show prompted him to have this conversation. For sure. But the conversation was had. It's now on film. And it should be spread around. Because this is what the problem is. People are... They don't want to learn. They don't want to take the time to understand. And yeah. that's why you have these homophobic people doing what they do in our country and other countries. It's conversations like this that remind you at the end of the day, we are all human. We are all people and we all have the same goal in life. Completely. Yeah, I, exactly what you were just saying. I feel as though it's uh, such an important humanizing element. And I think that they end up talking about it more as well, but just you know, there really is so much effort that goes into things like drag and it's really demanding and you put yourself out there in all of these ways. And so to be able to have someone come to the table and be in the space and be really open about their experience, it makes you hopeful that other people may be willing to embrace that more and also engage in those conversations. Now, Fontana tells us that it was hard to hear him discuss what he thought about Pride until he started to say he wanted to learn and educate himself He's there with a very open mind and an open heart, and that is what is most important to her. Love it. Time to move over to Vanity and her partner, Nicholas. Uh, Okay, so he's a chiropractor, ladies, and that scares the bejesus out of him. What is it? Heels. He claims he's allergic to heels, just like I'm allergic to mushrooms and seafood. I just don't like it. He will tell Vanity that he does not like heels because of what it does to your back and feet. He hates them so much that he is the macho man of the house and does not let his wife wear them. Wifey, tell him to shut the fuck up. Liberate your feet. Put on heels. Yeah, seriously. I was a bit like, you don't let her wear heels? What does that mean? Hold <laughs> Listen, on. I understand. Like, being a doctor, you, you know th- more things than we average civilians do. But I don't think anyone's, like, died from heels before. I mean, task for the internet, task for the listeners, go track it down. Has someone died from wearing heels? I mean, to be frank, let's be real. You put me in heels, I probably will die because I'll fall over. (laughs) He will tell Vanity that he does not like heels because of what it does to your back. Um, So it's time for him to try them out and let's see how his back is. Um, And he's not wearing just any pair. No, no, no. Vanity is putting him in thigh-high stripper heels. Girl, maybe start him off with something a little easier. It's the vanity way. He is having trouble balancing and wonders if he can make his character drunk, which is what I would have asked the same thing. Can I be drunk? Now, Anthony is ready to try some heels on and Fontana is doing it right. A sensible baby heel. She will tell him up front that it will hurt. That's just part of the drag queen fantasy. Pain is gain. It can be, it can be. 
And then suddenly, out of nowhere, triumphant music plays, underscoring the entrance of Simon, who is slaying those heels better than fucking kimchi. What's the backstory, sis? I bet you've done this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, when you're walking around that room so easily in heels, much better than Endigo did their whole run on the show, I'm like, mm, that's suspicious. Something, mm-hmm. Something's happening there. You're a little experienced. Electra is so happy that she has a man who can do the catwalk. That's her sister. Now, after the display, Anthony is Bambi on ice. Uh, he will not let go of Fontana's hand. Um, what is your advice when it comes to walking in heels? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, first and foremost, right, like if you can't really do it, if you don't have experience, maybe go for that uh, mistress era little heel, <laughs> you know, the real little kitten heel. Um, But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's always about just trying to lead properly with with your foot, if that makes sense. You know, it's like making sure as well that you're maybe someone who isn't accustomed to heels if you're wearing something with a strap so that at least it keeps the shoe on your foot. So that's a variable out of it. So I think for people just beginning, like that's maybe a place to start an appropriate height and then also maybe something a little bit strappy like a boot or something again with at least some kind of minimal straps to keep a variable out of it. Now I, I have a background in marching band where in marching band when you're told to walk you have to go heel toe. Not sure that's probably the best strategy when it comes to heels. No definitely not. <laughs> this is why I will not be able to walk in heels. <laughs> not gonna be able to break out of that. Um, yeah it would be bad. Now, Fontana is worried that Anthony will not have the pop diva sassy moves that are the Fontana fantasy. He's just pretty rigid. She wants him to relax, and he's like, you just told me not to. Um, These two need a show together. Dare I call it sisters? (laughs) Sister act. Sister, sister. Mm -hmm. Now, Fontana wants him to loosen up, and rather, wouldn't you prefer him to let loose? I say, let loose. Let loose. Fontana will let go and he walks like a little birdie flying from the coop. And Myra thinks the poor thing has been constipated for weeks. Should she give him a hug or laxatives? So shady, always. Speaking of Myra, it's time to make her partner lose his breath in a corset. Uh, Simon compares it to high altitude training. And then Myra's like, why are we talking about breathing techniques? What is you, what, what? She next adds pads and he tells her she doesn't need to tighten the corset. And she's like, why are you such a diva? And Myra, did you not know straight men don't want pain? They say they do, but they don't. Exactly. The truth comes out. For her, no more food or tobacco for him moving forward. And I was like, tobacco, really? Ew, no. Smoking's bad. <laughs> it may be worse than heels. I don't know. I am not Smoking kills. Now, between shots... We're going to have a very split second seeing Antony and his partner with lipstick on. And dear Lord, a nightmare was brewing. <laughs> it had to give us the taste. Just, because yeah, if it, we it, saw it in one shot, we would have been screaming. Yeah, exactly. I think they, it was their way of being like almost a trigger warning. Yeah. Meanwhile, Fontana has already got Anthony shaken in his booty. She's like, you can speak six languages. Why can't you twerk? Naturally. She really loves twerking. She does. And it's like such a logical question, right? Like, of course, those are very related. Fontana will tell him that he has a booty for hours of twerk. It's a nice booty, even if it's firm. 
Um, this twerk demo is a lot. I don't know why we had so much twerking time, especially after having so much twerking time last week. Um, on a scale of one to twerk, where are you? Oh boy, I think I'm probably pretty low, just to be totally honest. I think I would be very similar. I'd be struggling. I'd be Fontana's partner. It would not be a cute time. All right, well, with the basics settled, let's head to the Lightless main stage where our queens will give them a crash course on how to make it on the catwalk. Admirer is first, and she is coaching him on the routine. She wants to spin, but tells him to stop her if it's too scary. She can tell Nicholas is nervous, scared, and uncomfortable, but she finds it hard to relate to him on the same level. He is struggling with the basics, but let's be real, it's hard to be the Admirer Thunder Pussy. Instead, she has a police officer with the shits. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a lot to live up to. Like, I, I really enjoyed when she said during, like, the coaching session, um, I'm the world's most beautiful. Everyone else can die. Literally. It's like her Electra is, is so good. Electra is next, and she is giving Simon all the showgirl-ology she can until she realized that he still needs to figure out the feminine body language. Uh-huh. She will get him to point his leg in a way that his cooch is not open to the world because that would be really vulgar. Electra, I bet your cooch has been open to the world for a very, very long time. She was standing by that. She had a clear message to the world, and it was close your cooch. Mm-hmm. Maybe some and, and her pocket person have a go. She tells him to pose, and he's like, easier said than done. Listen, if you can't even get a pose down, you're in danger, girl. Oh, absolutely. Antonina says that Robert is stiffer than Admira's forehead. Shady. Absolutely. Um, I mean, listen, I, if I had Botox, maybe my head would be stiff, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it yet. <laughs> now, Antonina's storytelling is just very bland. She's worried about his confidence, but really it's the story that is not reading. Now, Vanity brings Nicholas on stage and she has the tool boas all ready to go. Mm-hmm. She has some squat and my knees are like, no, ma'am, not going to happen. But she tells him that they have to nail being more sensual and not just go from point to point. He needs to understand the significance of this challenge. It's no joking around. She wants to reach the finals. Forget Nicholas. Let Nikita take over. Now, we will not get to see Fontana, which I believe is to save the surprise for later. Yeah. That's why we probably got so much twerk time. Very true. Well, it is sister sister day. Everyone is a bit nervous. They notice a person is in the room. Is it Robin's baby brother? No, it's just Admire's sister beardless now. Still hot, still bangable. But does look very different. Very different. Very, very different. Very, very different. This is the commitment Admire wanted. He shaves his beard. Girl, you want commitment? Oh, just you wait. Yeah, exactly. Hold on. It's time to meet our sisters. We have Starina Thunderpussy, Angela, Roxana, Nikita Vane, and Perfecta. Do we like them? Good names? Bad names? I think the best name was definitely Nikita Vane. I feel like that one, it just like kind of rolls off the tongue. It's It feels like it's an appropriate drag name. Like that was my favorite, I think. So would your sister be next gen fag? I think so. Yeah, it would have to be something like, uh, yeah, I think that would have to be it. It would just have to be like next gen future, future fag. Future fag. Ooh, there we go. Um, There's a lot of those, actually. (laughs) Too many to count. Too many. 
Uh, now, Serena will say that's irony uh, about Perfecta's name. Um, she's certainly a thunder pussy, ain't she? Oh, absolutely. You you cannot be a thunder pussy and not be able to throw a little shade. Now, I I I don't think it was actually the Jaws theme song, but I feel like the Jaws theme song was actually playing when Electra turned on the trimmer as it's time to shave off Simon's facial hair. She made it such a dramatic moment. She was like, you can hear it approaching. It was very... The man is freaking out. Um, but Electra's living. Poor thing couldn't even watch. She had to close his eyes. Um, but I will say, Simon, without the facial hair, much hotter. I agree with that. Let's visit Fontana, who says she is having a problem because Anthony is so hairy. She is referencing Anthony's eyebrows. She will tell him to look closely at her brows. As she reveals they are drawn on and the man is actually mind blown, she tells him that she shaves her brows. Now listeners of this podcast know that I have a history of terror when it comes to the act of brow shaving in drag. I have watched so many fallen friends succumb to this, like our dear sister Seraphim. I tried to save her, but it was too late. As this scene is happening, I was like, no, she's not going to do it. This is literally the show is setting us up for struggling with his brows, but she's not going to. And then she says it. She says she has to save his brows. And this is when I would just say to the sisters in the room, I need help. And one of you queens has to help me glue them down properly. But she doesn't. In a drag race makeover challenge first. A queen is about to shave her makeover partner's eyebrows. Also, please note the kid has blood on his face from shaving. Whether it was from him doing it or Fontana, she is not used to people with any facial hair on their face. I cannot believe he agreed to let her do this. She will give him the disclaimer that he will wake up looking like Voldemort and he won't clock that until his brows are actually gone. And he had good brows too. Yeah, I also, I mean, I didn't really think of it in the moment, but what you just said makes so much sense too. Like, why didn't she just say, hey, fellow sisters, can someone help me glue these down? Like, why was it just, they gotta go. Bye, eyebrows. Say goodbye. This was the second moment of the episode I knew she was winning. Like, there was no way they were letting this man walk out of that room with with a loss. Oh, yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, it doesn't even matter what they end up looking like on the runway. It's over. It's a wrap because it was just so shocking that he let her do that. I was like, never. This truly, truly was an iconic moment. I think maybe maybe it's because of my personal connection to it. But I think this is one of the top moments of the year already. I No, I definitely do too, because like you were saying, it's just literally something that has never happened before. Like the fact that you would get also, I mean, out of all the varieties of people that they've made over throughout all of the franchises to have like this bro who's friends with an MMA fighter, like go on there and be like, yeah, I'm going to shave my eyebrows and then go to the gym after he said that he was going to go to the gym, like for all of that to unfold the whole time leading up to us, like no way. There's no way they're going to find a workaround. They're going to. And then it happened. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I really, really would love a time machine to then go back to his social media and see what he posted for like a month. Yeah, exactly. Because like, how do you spoiler? Yeah, exactly. How do you explain that to people? Oh, where are your eyebrows? Literally, I would have been like, Fontana, you are painting my brows on every fucking morning, bitch. 
Yeah, because I would say too, maybe I'm just really stupid, but until she pointed out that her eyebrows were painted on, I really have not clocked them. I think her eyebrows are some of the best drawn on ones I've ever seen. They look very real. I think they're tattoos. Oh. I think they're tattoos. I think she got the tattoos and she just didn't want to admit it, but I think they're tattoos because they're so perfect every fucking time. Right? I'm like, there's no way. Because even in Myra, like hers are so like light that she can play around with it every week and it's still fine yeah yeah um i think it was this earlier this episode where we saw vanity for the first time without brows and i was like "Ooh, that's a scary monster <laughs> this is why you don't shave your brows you look like scary monsters it's true it's true that's oh, what always prevents me from doing it like sometimes i have a really unhinged moment and i'm just like i want to shave them off so that way i can draw them on like crazy every day like I almost cried when Seraphim did it. I almost cried. Yeah, it's like, it's this weird thing of you feel compelled to do it because it just seems like a logical thing in some way. Like you get yourself to that point of rationalizing it. And then thankfully I've had that moment to snap back and be like, no, no, no. I would look so crazy. And also I'm legitimately afraid that they wouldn't fully grow back. Right. Like we don't realize eyebrows are the, the focal point of your face. You think it's the eyes, it's the eyebrows. Yeah, it is because they hold so much of your ability to express things and mm-hmm. react and all of that. Let's move over to Vanity and see how she's doing. She will tell Nicholas that she was skeptical of having straight men there as she has never hung out with straight men without having flashbacks to the locker room. We hear her discuss her fear of the locker room and how it played into the bullying she endured as a child. She knows that this is scary about what they're going to think about her. So she tells him the story we know about from how she opted out of physical education in school and how horrible it was. One of her hobbies was handball, and this robbed her of that joy. She shares that this is why she has never been involved in male culture. She's scared of macho culture. She shares this with him so he knows who she is. It's more than just putting on a wig and some makeup. This is her passion. This is her life. He is a guest in this moment. She was fearful why they came to do this. Was this just something they will laugh off later? And Nicholas tells her that he wanted to explore this and see what it's all about as it may change his perspective. He tells her this could also change her perspective too, which is a kind of an interesting moment because we don't really hear that part. Yeah, it is. And they, I feel like they do end up talking about it a little bit more in Untucked specifically. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to think about that switch around of like <laughs> gay people understanding straight people in an exchange. Literally. That way. It's like, but I'm also just like, who wants to? Like, I don't have any business trying to understand that. I don't want to. I tried it for a very long time and it just did not work. <laughs> it's just not it. It's not the gig. No. Vanity tells us that she's now comfortable around Nicholas and she doesn't have to try to be all that. She's calm. Now let's visit Antonina and her plan to win. And I can tell you it's not makeup because whatever is on that man's face, hashtag team triangles, but we're going to get to that. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, immediately once they did the pan and the makeup, oh boy, I was like, oh, this poor girl. Antonina is hoping that their clear-cut characters are easy to play off of on stage. They have to stand out. She prefaces this, that the makeup isn't perfect and the clothes won't be perfect. So act the shit out of it. I was like, now this is the second time you're telling us what we're going to see. Why are you doing this? Yeah, like, let us maybe have a little bit of optimism. That's going to point, that's going to paint our perspective before we've even seen it. I mean, we all knew, but you don't need to tell us. 
We're going to go back to Fontana and Anthony, who's got part of his eyes on. Uh, he's still nervous. She tells him just on the stage. She is nervous, too, but won't tell him how she feels. She just has to deliver. The mood is tense as the sisters are getting into their final form. Let's see what they've got. Bring it to the runway as Fuchs is back and looking like a forest deity. I don't know what to call it. The headpiece was unreal, though. Unreal. I was just like, I feel as though Fuchs this season has just brought out so many incredible looks for the runway that it's a little bit wild and that's what I was thinking the whole time I was like that headpiece is so dramatic it's so the moment it's so over the top but also like you were saying when they panned out to like the full thing I was like I don't even know what to consider this look as a whole I don't really know what it is but the headpiece alone was just so incredible. imagine Fox went to the cinema to go see a film and wore that I would be pissed yeah exactly it's like uh, you, know, you would do that though you would. Oh, and, and I've done that, a similar thing before, too. There was a moment when I was in high school where I went to, like, a musical theater production and I was basically wearing, like, a recreated reinterpretation of Lady Gaga's hat from the telephone video. And it was so tall. And I was like, these people behind me are going to be so mad. Granted, I was... Uh, had the, ref- the reflective moment to say, let me take this off. And I was not that bitch. But yeah, I yes. think like the people were probably so alarmed when they saw me sit down in front of them because they were like, wow, the audacity. <laughs> Our panel will have Fadagruz and one half of Iconopop Karen Jolt. Uh, I love it. I did too. And they were killing it with the, the little like puns mm-hmm. when they were like, you know, when they were talking about the monkey pops and Icona poppers. Of I was course like, you love oh, that right? one. Now, are you a fan of Icona pop or just that like one big song that made it to the States? Yeah, I actually do consider myself a little bit of a fan. I feel like they're one of those artists that their other things pop up on my Spotify from time to time. They come into the rotation. Um, you know, they're like dance things because that's very my type of music that I always listen to. So I enjoy them and I feel like I... You know, I don't have a ton of familiarity with their full discography, but I get into Icona Pop for sure. Yeah. So obviously for us, I love it is the, is the big song that we had right. um, all night um, after I listened to it, after they mentioned it in Untucked. I was like, wait, I know that song too. Um, beyond that, I don't think I would know it, but I'm sure I've heard it. Yeah. Songs. And I will say I did, I have enough familiarity with them that I recognize the lip sync song. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. Category is Dream Sisters. In honor of the runway, we will play Dream Team or Mr. Sisters. All right. Vanity and Akita Vane. I think there is a good transformation here. I think the makeup is great, but it's reminding me of Nicole Anadime, a fabulous queen from Astoria. I think the neon green and neon green uh, orange are a very playful combo. Vanity was the star here. I was just so underwhelmed. This was safe. Yeah, I mean, I always appreciate a large boa moment, and I do feel like the colors looked really great together, and they were very complimentary. The makeover, in terms of the makeup for her sister, incredible. I think, like, it looked amazing. It did come across as a little bit more on the basic side side in terms of the outfits themselves. Baro says that Nikita looks damn gorgeous. He says Vanity steps it up each show. He says it seems she coached her to have this attitude. Book says it was great seeing them perform because they had this affection in their eyes. She says when she focused on more than herself, they had great teamwork. It not only showed a slightly different va- vanity, but also a greater, even more glamorous vanity. 
I'll give this a very soft dream team. I would definitely give it a dream team. I was convinced by it. And again, not necessarily based on the outfits, but I just feel like there was enough of a performance a little bit and also just the transformation. The makeup was so good. Audience, 72% dream team, 28% Mr. Sisters. Admirer and Starina Thunderpussy. Now, I get it. Starina was not serving and looked terrified partially thanks to the mug that I Admira painted. But as far as a sister pairing, this was a knockout. I'm obsessed with these looks. It is so on brand for Admira. They have matching outfits, but have different hair and one being pants, one being a skirt. It did bring an, an individuality and identity to each. I think this week was going to be about nitpicking. And when it comes to performance, I get it. But what more can you ask for? This look was a slay. Oh, completely. Like, just, again, an immediate, because she is just so good. It's just every week she delivers so hard. And I had the same reaction that you did. I was just like, yes, maybe the partner's face looks a little bit weird. And they, you know, clearly he does not look comfortable. But it was still just beat. Like, his face was so beat. It looked so good. It was just so, like that bitch you know and yeah. the outfits yeah like the coordination just the styling it was such a moment you know the performance maybe not there but so many of the other elements made up for it i didn't even care i agree faro says there is no doubt that she looks absolutely gorgeous he says she really knows how to apply makeup to both herself and others he says the catwalk was a little boring and not much was happening Carolyn says that she's gorgeous, that it made her expect a little more. She says, who are you and what is your relationship? She says she could have brought that out more clearly. Book says that if they have different energies and qualities on stage, perhaps it would be a good idea to play off those differences. She says at times it felt like she wanted to break free while also trying to be her sister's mother. That's not the challenge. That was Drag Race Belgique. Um, I'm still giving it a dream team. An absolute dream team. Yeah, 100%. Uh-huh, and that's what the audience said. 100% Dream Team, 0% Mr. Sisters. Antonina and Angela Nutshell. Uh, for those who know, that is hashtag Team Triangles, Eras League of Parsons. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's who it is. Uh, I told her that, and she got really upset and pissed off at me, but whatever, it, it, it is. Uh, Antonina made Angeli, Angela Zalika, so shout out to her. Uh, go follow Zalika Parsons, Zalika NYC. She's a fun girl, uh, crazy, love her. There's Divine, but this is not the legend we all know. Right. Um, I just cannot understand what happened here. Like, sure, Antonina does not have a branded face, but it's almost like she took her bigger face, tried to replicate it on Angela, and ended up stretching it out to something almost unrecognizable. As far as it looks, it's mind-boggling how they ended up actually being cohesive. The color story worked. They have the same elements, but each have their own identity. The storytelling was a bit weak. Angela was not bringing it the way Antonina needed her. But I will say... Electra was not going to be honest about sabotaging. The results are going to say otherwise. Yeah, it was just when everything came together too, and it. I know we've talked about it before, but I always think about translation and what is accurate versus maybe what's not, because it made me think of back to the start of the episode when they were doing the pairings and Electra said Antonina's specialty is playing around with drag. I was like, oh, okay. Oof, that feels a little <laughs> bit rough, mm -hmm. but also like kind of accurate because that's what this felt like a little bit. Yeah. The story was just so confusing to me. I don't get where that idea came from. And it is, it's just like, Antonina does what she can do, but at this point, it's just not at the level. I agree. It was rough. It was a rough ride. 
Carlin says that she liked that she felt lively. She loves the color of the hair. She didn't get the story, but she appreciates that she they put themselves out there. Folks says she did, doesn't like the finish. She says at the stage of the competition, each strand of hair has to be perfect. She is not crazy about the ribbon and her waist. She says the skirt needed some steam. She says it was sloppy. Mr. Sisters. Yeah, definite Mr. Sisters, without a doubt. Audience, 16% Dream Team, 84% Mr. Sisters. Electra and Perfecta. The problem was the styling. I love the performance. It was Showgirls, which is exactly who we know Electra to be. The jacket on Perfecta was so pedestrian that it took me out of it completely. I don't know if the fit was not right or she was covering something up. When it comes to nitpicking, this is what sent her straight down to the bottom. Also, the heels and the boots. What was Electra doing in boots? It ruined the illusion. This has been the biggest fumble Electra has had all season. Comparably, not as bad as others, but when you have five queens left, this could have been the kiss of death. Yeah, exactly. It just, the jacket in particular seemed like such a bizarre choice. I don't understand where that came from. It really did not track with the rest of the aesthetic. You know, I mean, like the headpieces were great, especially I think Electra's. I think she looked really nice. But even her outfit, I agreed with the critiques around the straps. I was like, what is this strap moment? I don't get it. It doesn't feel like fully cohesive either. I don't know what the vibe is. It's confusing. The execution was not there. Baro says she is a joy to behold. He says they both are showgirls, but she needs to step up and become the diva. He says, how dare she put a jacket on Perfecta? Fox says she is the show horse. She says she was looking up at the balcony and waving back to the audience while Perfecta directed her gaze at them. She says it felt like they were performing on different stages. She says a small detail at the ends of the reap. The ribbons make her fingers itch. I don't know what that means, but okay. She would have liked to see them hemmed as she sees the threads sticking out. She says, with that much glitter, the devil is in the details. I'm going to go Mr. Sisters here. Yeah, I actually am as well, to be honest. Like, just didn't do it for me. Audience, though, 68% Dream Team, 32% Mr. Sisters. And finally, Fontana and Roxana. When you think of iconic sisters, the girls from The Shining should be the top of mind. How no one has done this before on Drag Race is beyond me. Mm-hmm. As far as the reference, this was brilliant. The storytelling is brilliant. But what is going to be the thing to critique if the sisters need to be twins and Fontana's face was not on Roxana's? The fact is that the bitch still could not draw brows on the freshly shaven face of Roxana. Blasphemy. I hope she took him out for a steak dinner and whatever comes along with steak dinner. <laughs> Yeah, I just, so I could appreciate, like you were, you're sharing that sort of innovation, I guess I would say, to say this has never been done before, so I'm going to go for this, this is going to be my sister, sister look, Um, but yeah, I don't know, just the execution felt weird to me, the wigs were just so wild, I was like, I don't know what's happening with the wigs, they look crazy, the outfits just looked like costumes. They didn't seem like they were very, it didn't feel like drag race level. I was mm-hmm. like, this is a little bit more, you could get this ha- at a Halloween store or even like maybe thrifting, you just found them and just literally put them on. There it, it, it pro- Rebecca Glasscock probably had it in her closet. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's what it was for me. I was like, I get it, but you just maybe needed to take it further. Like, you know, if there was maybe some- Rhinestones. Kind of- 
Yeah, exactly. Some rhinestones, some glitter, give it a little bit of like a reveal too. like give it more. It wasn't dynamic enough for me. It fell flat. Faro says, hands down, he's stunned. He says the execution is perfect and they are a dream team and it's a joy to see them together. Carolyn says they were amazing and sassy. She says there was humor and some horror. She says it was magical. Fox says it was smart to work with what she had because when she saw that Anthony wasn't able to wear heels, she adapted the choreography so they both could walk the same way. Now Fox will say, she curious about Anthony. What happened to your eyebrows? And Anthony's like, what happened? Not realizing Fox is referring to them being shaved off. Anthony says that Fontana tried to make them work but couldn't. And Fuck says, How will you feel tomorrow as eyebrows don't grow back when shaved? The pure trolling of Robert Fox in this moment, brilliant. It's like brilliant. Main, yeah, it's like one of the main threads I feel like of this season and this series the shade, the trolling, all of that. They all embrace it. Contestants, hosts, everybody. He was like, I'm going to get this straight man to fucking shit his pants. <laughs> It was his moment, have it. Literally. Um, I'm going to give this a soft dream team. I'm actually going to give it a Mr. Sister. I really was not happy. Audience, 74% dream team, 26% Mr. Sisters. Fox has decided that the winner of the week is Fontana. Vanity and Admire are safe. That leaves Electra and Antonina as the bottom two. Do you agree? I mean, no. (laughs) Just straight up. It was just like... For me, like we were saying before, the execution of the way they looked, Admira, for me, that was it. I was like, Admira, the top. Vanity also, I was like, I would have probably put Vanity as the winner above Fontana because I thought that the execution, yes, the outfits were a little bit basic, but I thought Fontana's outfits were basic too. So for Vanity, the makeup was just so, so good. So I would have put both of those at the very top and then maybe put Fontana as safe for just the concept and the idea, plus that her partner shaved his eyebrows. But yeah, I would have had a different winner for this sure. Is, I'm telling you, once he gave that story and then had his brows shaved, it, yeah. there's, you cannot give her not the win. Like you had to give her the win. Exactly. But I did ultimately agree with who the bottom two were for yeah. sure. The song is Emergency by Icona Pop. I have never heard this song before, but I hope to hear it every day in my life moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was mentioning it before, but it's definitely a song that I'm familiar with. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can get down with this as a lip sync song. This song was going to be a pop explosion that all came down to performance. While they both brought camp, what Electra delivered was polish. Dare I say, Electra may be one of the strongest lip syncers I've ever seen on Drag Race. She was precise. She knew the words inside out. She's a threat. Watch out for her. Oh, definitely. And I think you were mentioning it before, but this week feels like it was a bit of a fumble. And I don't know where the execution was at with the actual looks but i think throughout the trajectory of the series she's shown that she's pretty well-rounded she's a real contender absolutely um that that hand knee move that was camp yeah i think i can do it i think i can do it maybe not i don't know i think you can do it it's gonna go down with the janie jk workout moves from we like to party um like that that to me is what i appreciate out of drag sure fashion moments i'll take them here and there i love camp this is what i this is what i go to the drag shows to see 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will say even beyond that, like taking a moment to do that dance move and all of that, that's what's going to be memorable. You know, it's like when you think of the lip sync, that's what you're going to remember because she did it like multiple times. It was very campy, very funny. So it's also just a way to really put your mark when you have to have that moment in the bottom and just fully prove that you're there to compete. You're there to stay. Now, let's be honest, we didn't really get to see much of Antonina, um, but she was at the end of her line. I do think this performance, had she been up against someone like Ima and potentially Santana, she might have beat them again and, or, and beat Santana for the first time. She is good at entertaining. You can't yeah. deny it. Yeah, because she didn't necessarily get a ton of screen time during it, but from what they showed, she was running back and forth. Mm-hmm. She was using the whole stage. You know, she had some moments where I felt like she was looking away, which maybe took away from them being able to see that she knew the lip sync, but she gave it her all 100%. I, you know, can't knock her for that. I'm telling you, Antonina Nutshell is going to be that dark horse that they're going to bring back for an All-Stars versus the World season one day, and people are going to be like, where the hell did she come from? Um, I mean, if you look at her social media, she's already improved her face. Yeah, exactly. I could see it. And that's the thing about her. You know, it's like, Many of the elements are there. They just need refining, polishing, especially just in terms of the dress. And that's kind of, in the grand scheme of things, easier to fix. Absolutely. In the end, Antonina is gone again. Electra stays. Do you agree? I do. I do feel as though it's super commendable that Antonina came back in the way that she did and like power to her. And I'm glad that people got to see more of her, I would say, just to get a little bit more of a sense of her, her drag, her identity. But at the end of the day, this was really as far as she could go with who's left in the competition. I mean, she's basically the tricks and Mattel of uh, Sweden. Tricks exactly. do the same thing. Yes. Yeah, so um, know. I mean, the irony would be Antonina um, putting out a makeup line in the future, but crazier things have happened. Exactly. I'm like, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha put out a makeup line and she And my makeup line, it's wispy eyelashes and chapstick. Right, exactly. But I'm like, if she can do it, who's to say Antonina couldn't do it? Exactly. Get her divine palette. (laughs) All right, let's go through Untucked. The queens and their sissies head backstage for a double dose of Untucked. There are literally more queens in the workroom in this moment than there were at the beginning of the season. That's true. There were nine, and now we have ten. Yeah, exactly. They will cheers to a job well done. The bros will talk about going out in their looks, but Anthony has decided he wants to keep his brows. So he, this is it. He's done. He's tried it, and um, he's hoping it'll be back in a day, and he just does not realize it's going to take you about a month. Yep. Those brows are gone. Antonina says that even though they stood on the stage for the first time getting critiques, it's still scary for them, and they've been doing it for years. There were some positive critiques for everyone, but Electra reminds the room that they are all the top five and they are a really good team of drag queens left. Everything is on a detail level. Anthony shares that he didn't think it was would be as physically demanding as it was. It's more than just looking pretty. It's physically demanding. Oh, and coordination. It was an eye-opener. Um, do you think they all went to the chiropractor, Nicholas, after this episode aired? Listen, I would have... I'm like, right. oh yeah, can you uh, maybe uh, break my back a little bit? I think I'm feeling a little bit of uh, some misadjustment, misalignment. I need some correction. Misalignment? I haven't seen her on the stage. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, misalignment. I love it. Now, Vanity reveals that this has cured her straight phobia. She's not scared of straight men. So there's that. 
Um, I'm still scared of some straight men. I really am. Yeah, same. I'm like, and I'm at peace with that. Yeah. Electra was worried that straight men would come in and laugh at the fake boobs and ask what about the thing down there, but uh, we didn't even have a tuck chat. Yeah, there really wasn't. Like, Admira made that one comment around we haven't even gotten to the duct tape, but, like, there was no moment of that. Now, one of our listeners uh, did say that uh, Swedish television, they're a little... um, they're more a little more conservative because um, I've been told that I should not be expecting my Twink crew anytime soon. Though, if you want to go to my uh, Redbubble, I have dropped new merch that says "Oh Twink Crew." I love um, that. I love please that. go buy that. I can't. I think I'm going to make that my um, Dragon shirt that I'm going to wear every day because I want my Twink Crew. I really do. Yeah. So it's possible we didn't have any tuck chatting because that was that um let's be real a lot of them had to talk oh yeah i mean for sure there might have been some motion around but like some of like vanity and electra though though their partners had to talk oh without a doubt yeah which is why it's kind of like maybe they should have found a way to show a brief moment of it Mm -hmm. but you know Discussion is who is going to win. Well, the room thinks it's between Fontana and Vanity, but only one paddle can go in the crown. It's determined that the brows were the sacrifice, so Team The Shining will win. Now, Vanity, like Vanity is, says that she thinks Fontana's looks were too costuming. Now, listen, she's got a point. Uh, Fontana will say that she tried to drag it out. No, the hair does not count, as we said earlier. Stones, give me a sparkle, bitch. Yeah, because also the wigs were like, like again a wild choice to me. I was like, why are they that shape? They're like yeah. very large, but in a way that doesn't feel like campy drag way. It just feels like a big wig, and I was like, what's happening? Fontana tells Anthony as the sappy music soars that she wanted to cry the first time she saw him in heels, but he did a real fantastic job. And then she will tell him that she has never. Seen anyone walk so badly in her whole life. Sweetheart, you have not seen me walk in heels. But also, we love an honest queen. Listen. We do, we do. Just be open about it. Anthony will tell her that she took on the coach approach really well. And this is the language I think they both could understand. She was strict in all the right ways, and he responded to it. Fontana said he receives it well. And I do not think he understood that she may or may not have been making a double entendre. The drag mm-hmm. way. Fontana says that she needs to learn to box now. Do you think the two of them keep in touch? And do you think he lets her, you know? I would hope so. They really hit it off. And I'm like, they did. You know, what better way to they continue uh, expanding your horizons and exploring the community than to... There it know, is. Yeah, open up a little bit. Antonina has never been safe. This is her moment. She gets to put the paddle in the crown. All hail Queen Fontana. Now to the bottoms. Admirer will say she thinks she has to lip sync and the gay gasp around that room. I I did one literally sitting on my couch watching it because I was just like, the fact that she really thought, and I don't know, it's also that moment of like, Admira saying that she would be in the bottom because she gives such confidence all the time and she's very bitch. So to hear her be like, I think this is my moment to lip sync. I was like, who is this person? This doesn't feel like Admira. It's almost like she's trying to self-produce the show. (laughs) She thinks it's her time. 
They were gorgeous, but Fox wanted them to work on their differences. This was a challenging task for her, as it was hard to bring out the diva within Robin. Antonina thinks it will be her lip syncing as well. She is proud of what they did, and she is happy with her critiques. Really? You're happy with those critiques? Go for it. Yeah. Antonina thinks she will lip sync against Electra and her Scanian accent. Vanity will attempt to say something to Electra, and Electra and Perfecta will turn their head at the same time. And I'm like, move over, the Shining Twins, the showgirls, the horror girlies now. <laughs> the, Meanwhile, the, Vanity really tripped her out. It did. Now, Vanity will say that the makeover partners are the when you order it online versus when it arrives, which was so mean and shady. Um, I would have texted her and been like, I thought we were friends. Yeah, especially, you know, for like Antonina in particular, like, oh boy, because it was like accurate, but so mean. Vanity will tell Electra that her critiques were so scattered, but her execution was flawless. She frustrated that while they talk about her being a showgirl, this was the first time that she gave them a showgirl storyline. Her closest sisters are her show team. That is the story she wanted to share. They never fight unless it's at a show. Now, Perfecta had a fun time being on stage, but she was, in fact, nervous. So it's time to discuss who's going to lips. Vanity gets to put in Admira, as it's her biggest dream to see her in the bottom. Antonina will get to put in her own paddle. Do you think Vanity is jealous of Admira? I think so. I think Vanity is recognizing what a huge threat that she is. So she's trying to manifest Admira being in the bottom for the possibility that she would go home. But like, guess what? Not happening. Admira says that if Antonina gets eliminated, she will come back and they will never get rid of her. Could you imagine? I mean, could you imagine? If she doesn't, at this point, if she doesn't win, I would be so shocked. But also if there was ever a reality where she didn't make it to the finale, I would just lose it. Antonina doesn't want to be eliminated, but she has had so much fun and wants to do the rest of the season with the girls. Angela says it's daring that she goes out and does what she does. And Antonina thinks she's like her little sister now. Well, her older little sister, her big little sister. And Myra, the queen of Sweden, says, of course, she will not be eliminated. She will get the job done like she always does. Vanity is not thrilled that Fontana will win, but she is happy with her critiques, and Vanity is happy how Nikita presented herself and went in with it. She shares with the group that she shared with Nicholas that how it was scary to let in straight cisgender men in this whole gay circus. She tells him that he is paving the way for his children to be like, look what dad has done. He lived it, and it was nice to let it go. And that's the story here. I mean... That's why we do this makeover challenge sometimes because we right. need to showcase why this is important. Solidarity. Yeah, exactly. We, I mean, we were talking about it before related to the main episode, but in so many ways, it feels as though creating this space, highlighting that these conversations can happen and really need to, that's how we talk about progress being made. It's about really drawing the attention to it and being able to show that it works. Yeah. Icona Pops, Karen, comes backstage for a little chat, and she tells them she was impressed by all of them. The macho men tell her that they all had great mentors. And Myra says it was very educational for both groups. It was mutual exchange of insight. Anthony tells her that they came from different worlds, but they managed to bring together a mutual world. They introduced them, and they did a take on what they were telling them to do. For Anthony, it was the coolest experience. 
Carolyn will say that in order to throw themselves out there, you have to feel safe. It's something they have to dare to do because they have them by the side. They all say, though, that they would not have done it alone. I don't blame them. I get it. Yeah, teamwork makes the dream work. What have the queens learned? Well, Electra says to open up more because they tend to be judgmental from their direction. Here they had five guys who were eager to learn and went all in. And Carolyn reminds the men that it's more than just the outfits. It's the community and the culture and the whole expression. Mm-hmm. Antonina says they were all so focused on the competition that something new comes in and the atmosphere becomes more fun. Vanity was reminded that this is why she does drag. It was a reality check. And then Carolyn thinks she's hosting this podcast and will ask the girls to put a word on their drag. Fine. Okay. Here we go. Electra says entertaining. Vanity says hot couture. Nah, she's going to go with Slutty's Club. That's two words. Admira is like, you mean club sandwich? And I was like, she's always on. Literally never, never off her game. Always has something. And Tanina would normally say perky, but she is trying to be more sexy, and she got a good critique for that. Vanity will teach her how to be a sexy club queen now. Admira says Mar. Um, and I was like, caption, what does that mean? So Google, if it's the right thing that I found, says a malicious entity in Germanic and Slavic folklore. I don't know. Yeah. Montana says... Fontana says she is a warrior queen. She will ramble on with an explanation to which Vanity is like, you just gave 244 words when you were asked to just give one. Also, she called Carolyn Iconopop. That sent me. (laughs) Yeah, she was just like, no, Iconopop. But also- That's like calling Beyonce Destiny's Child. It's like calling Gwen Stefani, no doubt. Like, she has a name. Yeah, exactly. And is the only one there and whose name has been said many times. <laughs> now we all that will learn thing. that the other half, the other half of Iconopop, uh, Aina Jawa was sick and couldn't be there. Um, so yes, we were supposed to get the entire group, which sucks. Um, invite him back for season two. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe do a switch for season two, have the other members. Yeah. Carolyn is there to represent them both. And Admira says that it's great that Iconopop has included drag queens a lot when they have performed. She notes that there are not a lot of celebrities who dare to do that. They have given them a chance to be lifted up. Dare I say, I love it. (laughs) Carolyn says that they have always felt home and welcome, so it was natural from the start to include queens. She will note that they had the whole House of Extravaganza in their all-night music video, and she was invited in, so she is Carolyn of House of Extravaganza. She found it so cool to get to know everyone and see their hard work. And it was all fun. And she says they got to talk about everyone's individual journey because they all are different. But together, they become a strong force. She shares that they brought them with them when they performed on America's Got Talent in 2014, but was told by production that it looked too messy. So they said they would not be performing. They are a team. So after much deliberation, they decided to let them perform all together. Why can't more pop stars stand up like that? Like, we've seen so many bring on drag queens for select performances. Like, let's keep up the solidarity. Do it more often. Taylor yeah, Swift, exactly. I'm waiting for you, bitch. 
Exactly. I love that they told that story too, because it's just like, for me, first of all, I thought it was so funny to just clearly be throwing shade at America's Got Talent, just like so openly. Fully. Yeah, I loved that alone. But yeah, exactly. Like to say, no, we are this group that has had at least one very popular song. And we stood up and said, you have to let us do this. You know, like more people should absolutely be doing that. Icon of Pop had their time. Truly. Now the queen, Carolyn, will leave as she works those boots. The queens will listen to the song one last time as they are all ready to fight their padded asses off. And Myra says that if she has to lip sync against Antonina, she will send her flower delivery because the means she is gone. With Electra, she thinks it will be an interesting duel. Dare I say, we might see that in two weeks. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Antonina has won one, lost one, so she's just going to have fun and hopefully it won't be for the last time. The queens say goodbye to their sisters, and that's on that. You ready for some burning questions? Let's do it. What is Antonina's legacy? Again. Yeah, I think this time the legacy is being the comeback queen, just sticking with it, giving it her all, trying her best, and having that be what it is. Antonina has defied the norms of Drag Race, and I think that should be celebrated um, I'm I'm a fan. I I I I think she's cool. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think it's come up that she just you know maybe the level of everything being together is just not where it needed to be to get all the way in the competition. But I do feel as though being able to see her come back and do a little bit more, I had a different appreciation for her. Who won the week? I think that honestly, Admira, I like, I would just put it out there. Um, You know, if not, well, I mean, I think Admira just because she was still being able to show that like she can execute, like even if it's not seen as being the absolute ultimate in the eyes of the judges and she was a little bit lower, she really still fully did that. Um, The other person who comes to mind is Vanity as well, because I feel like they really talked her up this week and said that they were able to see a different side of her. So I'm interested to see how that plays out in terms of Vanity's confidence and where things move over the next week. And then, yeah, seemingly potentially two weeks, depending on how the end shakes out. I'm throwing out the wild card. The winner of the week is Anthony. And he's also the loser of the week because he lost his eyebrows. Um, But his presence, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it, his presence is one of the most important conversations we have ever seen on the show. He is proving to those very evil, mean-spirited, straight people who do not understand that it takes work on your end as well to understand why you are so bigoted and prejudiced. I just want to keep on sharing this moment to everybody. He He really did change things, and I hope... I'm sure uh, Drag Race US is going to be like, wait, we want this moment too and put someone on next season to have the same exact conversation. Yeah. Um, but it is so important, especially at least in the American demographic, what we're experiencing right now. Well, no, exactly. And I think I just had a very similar thought that you were saying that maybe the US franchise will take a note from this. 
and start going back that direction in terms of where yeah. the earlier makeover challenges were, because it does feel like in a lot of ways, they've become divorced of that. It's like, this season we had the teachers and it's just more of a population that doesn't seem like they need to have necessarily those important conversations other than bringing to light that people do face discrimination, that it's important for kids to have safe spaces where they can celebrate their identities. All of that is so important and valuable in its own way. But like you were just referring to, it feels like culturally the United States is just in such a place where a conversation needs to happen to show that progress is possible, that it takes work on both ends, and that there is a way forward where people can respect and understand each other. The sad reality is people don't have that change unless they personally feel that change. And again, we're going a little political for a hot second. Governor Bill Lee of the great state of Tennessee is now asking his delegates and his Congress people to put out red flag laws in Tennessee. Why? Because he was personally affected by the Tennessee uh, Nashville shooting. See, it's what it ha- you have to f- personally be affected to understand why what you think is right is actually wrong. Exactly. Tiny steps, tiny steps. After six episodes, the winner of the season is and Mira, all the way, I think she... Yes, all right. Yeah, yeah I, I think that she has just not stumbled in any way. Again, technically, I guess she was on the lower end of placement for this week, but her execution, the full package, it's always there every single week, both in terms of just her drag and how she presents it, but also like her personality. She's got the wit, she's got the shade. She's she's such like a well, well well-rounded professional and is just so great at what she does. Just still even more so the clear winner. She's going to be my winner pick. I'm very curious to see what happens next. Next week, I believe, is an acting challenge. Um, I really am very much going to assume that the top two of the season are going to be Admira and Electra. I'm going to go as far out and say that one of those two is going to win next week. It would then come down to a Vanity versus Fontana. I don't know which one of those goes to the finale. You bring Vanity because she's on the rise. You bring Fontana because little bit of a diversity um i don't know which one it's going to be if i'm basically basing it on a potential acting challenge fontana's gone there's no way to save her right and that that would be my assumption too if that really is the challenge then i think unfortunately fontana is gonna end up falling out because she that's just not her skill set that's just not her wheelhouse and like that if that's what it's going to come down to but again, we've seen Vanity also fail at some acting moments. Like, she's not been as strong. So it, it, it's going to be very interesting. It could come down to a runway. Yeah, it could come down to the runway. It could come down to the lip sync. It's just like all of these things. And it's just about then seeing what the song is, how it shakes out. So yeah, I, I agree. Friends. So I feel like those second two, um, in terms of who might make it to the finale, it's a little bit up in the air. I think it's pretty much a coin toss. Friends, we have two episodes left. I have not heard Robin and I have not heard Abba. Just waiting. Yeah, I, I feel like one of them has to be the finale. One of them has to be the last song. I There was a rumor somewhere that Robin was going to be the guest judge for the finale, which that'll be cool. Um, but, but like, there's two more weeks. Don't give me, I, I need them. I need them, my music. And I, I, 
Can you imagine the Dancing on My Own finale lip sync? That just seems to prefer Waterloo. I don't know which one I want. Give me both. Yeah, exactly. I'm like the... The thing about dancing on my own is that it already has such an iconic moment in Drag Race history that I'm like, would we maybe do that again? But it does feel like it would be so appropriate. So, I mean, I would be so down for it. And I do feel like Robin makes sense to end it on. I agree. Well, we'll find out. Where can we find you on social media, Venom, any projects you want to plug? Yeah, absolutely. So as always, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is OG double underscore fag. Um, in addition to that, you can actually find me this week being featured in an article for Instinct Magazine talking about season 15 and our finalists over there. Specifically, you can read about why I am team mistress and you should be too. The article itself is written by one of my great friends, Robert Dominic, who also has a blog that you can check out. It is thegazeofourlives.net. Amazing. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure.